0: Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average joe. Hello, everybody. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And we are discussing the book today, The Mayor of Casterbridge. So, yeah, what's going on in your world? You got any coffee going there? Oh,
1: I sure do. I decided I would love something different today. (laughs) Nice. So um like I've been away all weekend and uh like Yes and I haven't had
0: a chance to talk to you about it so
1: I know we'll have to talk about it. It was really good. (laughs) But um uh, so I've had kind of a little bit of crappy coffee all weekend. So I was Uh, like and actually I I even like prepared ahead. Like I brought the Starbucks uh, instant coffee, you know, that we had yeah. talked about before. Yep, I brought that with me, and when I made it in my room, I took a sip, and my first thought was, this tastes like China, because <laughs> <laughs> I took those when I went to China. So, like, it totally, like, just made me think of that. And I oh, was like, funny. okay, this isn't, you know, nearly as good as what I usually make, but I can bear it. So, I just yeah. kind of mixed that with other coffee this weekend. So, anyway, all that to say, I wanted to make some good coffee today. So, uh, I decided to try the technique that you tried last time. Remind me of what that's called again. It's um, the whipping coffee.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, some people just call it whipped coffee. But okay. it, I think originally, it's because it started in South Korea, they call it Dalgona coffee. Yes. Because it's... They have those candies called Dalgona, and they think it, you know, it kind of tastes like that to them, so they call it Dalgona coffee. So
1: that's, I looked up, you know, how to make it, because I kind of forgot. I knew it was equal ratios. But anyway, so I made that, and of course, it never whips up for me. I don't know why.
0: but Really? And you're using, are you using boiling water?
1: I used hot water, but maybe that's why it should be boiling. Okay.
0: I usually boil it, oh, okay. and I don't know if you're maybe you're not supposed to, but I thought
1: that you were supposed okay. to, I don't know well that would be i I guess problem. I'd
0: have to look at the recipe, but
1: but the other problem, again. probably, and I knew this would probably happen is I used um like stevia instead of real sugar, oh, I don't know what that would do, I, well, I'm not sure it doesn't whip up. <laughs> Okay, I mean, it got a little bit foamy, but then what I did was I put just a tablespoon also of, like I did a tablespoon instead of two tablespoons, and so I put a tablespoon of um, heavy whipping cream in it, and it whipped up more, and then I pour. I did some ice in my, the bottom of my cup, poured in just a little bit of my regular coffee, like that I brewed this morning. That had, like, just a hint of cinnamon in it. And then I put the foam on top, and then I put, like, Cool Whip on top of it. And, like, little... I used my cute little, um, like, shaker things that have, um, like, cinnamon and different spices and stuff. Put that on top. And it was very good. Like, I might mess with the recipe a little bit more. It was definitely more bitter than I'm used to just because... You know, I think well, I was curious
0: because normally I would put milk at the bottom, but wow. Coffee oh, at the bottom and the stuff on top? I forgot. That's really... I forgot.
1: I did put... So I put the coffee. Then I put half a cup of um, almond milk because that's what oh, I use. okay. And then I was going to say, because there's nothing yeah.
0: to cut the coffee. That would be
1: really strong. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was very strong, but I like it strong. Yeah. It was definitely yeah, more I mean... bitter than I am used to, but it didn't bother okay. me in this because of all the extra things in it, maybe like the yeah heavy whipping cream and the, the, it definitely can,
0: can be a little different because it's, you make it with instant coffee. So, yeah. It, yeah. you know, and I don't really know a way around that if you're trying to whip it. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. it'd be nice to be able to do it with real coffee, but I don't know how. So no,
1: it would just be grainy. <laughs> I would
0: think. Unless I think you so. I don't maybe, know that it'd work.
1: I wonder if you have a machine that could um like ground it. You know how you have different settings? Like yeah. if it could ground it like instant coffee, would that work?
0: I don't know, because I think instant coffee is actually, like, it goes through a process to almost, I don't know if they, like, freeze-dried like or what they do exactly, it. but it's, like, given, a, like, it goes through a process that's different than just,
1: yeah
0: you know, regular beans. So, I don't know what that process is, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. So, I, I feel like maybe they freeze-dried or something. I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, Um. so, I think that's the part that somehow right. is, makes it. So you can initiate like kind of whipping it. So yeah. I don't know.
1: And I'll be honest with you. I'm not willing to try like, like real coffee just because. No, because I don't know how. Out, like, and crap, I don't... Then I'm like, huh, that wasn't worth Wasted it. Wasted my coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So Aww. tell me what you have. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, um, I just happened to see a thing the other day at Aldi, of uh-huh. all places. And it, you know how a lot of places are putting out, um, like nitro yes. coffee now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it, it was a nitro one. So I was like, well, I'll give it a try. Okay. And it's actually, it's called, it, the, the brand is Rise Brewing yes. Company. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I've heard of and them, then, but that's because I go to Aldi. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't heard of them. I'd never paid attention because I don't, like, when I get coffee, I just always get this, you know, the stuff that I right. like. And usually I get it. Like, a lot of times they don't have it in normal places. A lot. Um, most of the time I have to go to Publix. Because okay. that's the only place that has Pete's. So I'll just go just for coffee, gotcha. you know. Yeah. But anyway, I happened to see this at, at Aldi because that's where I normally shop. hmm And, yeah, it's a nitro cold brew coffee. And it's actually dairy-free. Mm. So it's an oat milk mocha. Oh. Like, nitro. Oh, that so I was good. kind of interested, and I was like, "I'm gonna have to give that a try." Yeah, and it's actually pretty decent. Now, nice. if you're not used to oat milk, which I'm not, right? There is a little bit. You kind of have to get used to the flavor of the oat milk a little bit. Okay. Um, like if you're not used to that, it's a it's a little bit different. But I kind of almost like it's kind of growing on me.
1: Okay, I think is it creamier? does that make sense?
0: A little bit, but it almost tastes almost like oatmeal-y, a little bit. Really? But okay. I kind of like it. It's kind of growing on me. Okay. Like, at first I was like, well, that's different. Mm-hmm. Do I like it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, I think I do. Mm. I think I like it. Nice. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: So, I mean, it's not something that where I'd stock up and, like, drink right. this every day. Right. But, like, as a little something here and there, it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. So, for something you know, different. Yeah, exactly. I will say though, this morning, I don't know why, but I decided to make <laughs> out of nowhere. I decided to make a quiche. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Because I just really wanted some quiche. Yes. And um, and I'm really lazy. Quiche. I n- well, see, I'm really lazy about breakfast, and I never, I'm not a morning person, uh-huh. so I don't like having to think about it. Yeah. So a lot of times I like to make something, and I and I don't do it all the time, but a lot of times I like to make something. That I can just like do quickly mm-hmm. in the mornings, oh, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, "Well, if I make quiche today, then I can have it this week. Mm-hmm. I can just like cut a slice, yes, and like nuke it or whatever, yes, and then have quiche." So I decided to make, which is why I was late for our appointment today. <laughs> I <was> making quiche <laughs> must
1: not burn the quiche. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and so I was having quiche, and I was like drinking this with it, and it was a little strange with the quiche. Okay. So, like, I feel like it might not pair perfect with, like, certain foods and stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But on its own, especially, I, I, I think it's kind of, it's kind of not bad.
1: Okay. I'm kinda, Maybe I'm with it up sweeter things, like a piece of chocolate, like, in the afternoon Maybe. or something. Maybe.
0: Well, here's the other confession.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> Yesterday, I really, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I guess I've been on a kick. Yesterday, I really wanted some spice cake. <laughs> Ooh,
1: That's sounds good. <laughs> I made good. spice cake. And I think it goes pretty good with a spice cake. Ooh, yeah, it probably goes better with sweet things. If it tastes more, like it probably does. It has an oatmeal-y flavor. Yeah. And I did
0: a weird thing too. Like oh. I had some some brown butter that I had made for something else, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What am I gonna do with this?" Because I had like leftover. Mm-hmm. And so I used that to make like a cream cheese like frosting, you know.
1: You are arcade. on a roll. <laughs> I don't know
0: what's going on right now. I really can't even tell Miss you. That's Betty Crocker. But um okay. I, I, last night I wasn't sure if I liked it. Today I think
1: I do. So. Nice. Wow. You know, well, never know. You could come to never my know. house anytime and make food for me. <laughs> <laughs> well wouldn't
0: I just love to take you up on that. <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie. I'm straight up eating cake right now. Hey. That's what's happening. You
1: gotta do what you gotta do you know? You know? To enjoy our discussion time.
0: Exactly. We're discussing a book, so I'm allowed to eat cake.
1: Yes. Any little extra treats or sweets, you know, we're all about it.
0: (laughs) This is the time for it. This is the time. It's book discussion time, baby. That's right.
1: That's right. (laughs) Let's let's do it because... Let's dig in. I'm excited. Okay, so first of all, I think we need to um, introduce our characters. Yes. And I must say, I was very thankful to Mr. Thomas Hardy because he really (laughs) kept it to a minimum. Okay. Yes, he did. There were not 10,000 characters and you're like, wait, no. And how are they related? And why do they have something to say? Um, so I was very, very, uh, happy to see that <laughs> yes yes so there's only kept it to a much, minimum what five
0: well like the basic characters yeah, yeah probably
1: yeah yeah so the main character is henchard and he's michael henchard right and he is yes the um person who you kind of follow his story yes. um and what happens to um him as he leaves his old life kind of and moves to a new town and becomes the mayor of that town and then you have far free is how i said it i don't know if that's correct yeah that's i don't know how to say it either <laughs> but wasn't he he was from what was it scotland or i think scotland, scotland yeah okay um and he became his business partner for a while there's a little bit of a love competition going on with some of the ladies. Yes. Um <laughs> and then there was uh Susan, right? Yes. Um Yep. The it, wife. Yes. She was the wife of
0: henchard H- yep. and yep. Or Henshard. I don't
1: know how to say I it. I don't either. And then um, what happened? I just
0: picture it as henchard because I'm hearing Britta henchard. Oh, okay. I yeah, don't know yeah. why. Like, <laughs> I hear that in my head, you know?
1: Yes. Um, and she actually was married to him at the beginning of the book. And in the very beginning, yes. like, chapter one, I think it is, or chapter yeah. two, uh, he sells her off to, like, the highest bidder because he's pretty much just sick of her. Like... Yeah. And he's drunk and he had an issue yeah. with drinking. And so... He... The only bidder, really, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, then. Nobody
0: was really bidding, but.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Yes. The yeah. whole, like, sister for sale.
0: Exactly.
1: Why? <laughs> sister for sale. crying, young sister for sale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not kidding. <laughs>
0: exactly. I didn't think of that, but yes.
1: That's exactly oh, what happened. So strange. She's so white for, for, for sale. Don't know. Anyway. Shell's, yes, Shell um, Silverstein. So this random, like, sailor guy walks in and, like, pays for her and leaves with her. And she's pregnant. And yep. And it's like, wow. Okay. This is how we're going to start. Um,
0: well, they, and they had a kid, didn't they? Well, she was pregnant. Oh, I thought they had a kid. Maybe I made that up. Uh, it's been. I'm not going to lie. It's been a minute. Okay. Because I, I have read several books. In between this one. So okay. I apologize if I mess up, mess yeah, up any the details. Yeah, well, but, chances are um, I won't
1: remember and we'll just completely come up with a different story, but you know.
0: We're making up our
1: own. It's close enough. We're helping Thomas out, because wow. Okay, but no, seriously, this book kept me entertained because there were so many twists and turns in it. Like, sometimes with older yeah. books, I feel like there's one main idea, and it takes the whole book to come to the conclusion of that one idea. But this one is just popping. Like, it's, like, this happens, then this, then this. Like, it, yeah, it, it keeps you For the most part, it,
0: it kept moving. Yes. Um, yeah. There was a couple spots where I was like, okay. Yeah. Let, like, let's, yeah. let's move on. Yeah. But, yeah, for the Overall. most part. Yeah. I'm trying to to remember when, like, this was one of his... um. I can't remember what he had, different, like, categories or whatever, kind mm. of almost of his novels. But, you know, I always think of him as being, I think, older than what he really was. Because hmm. he was kind of, like, 1880s, 1890s. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, he even wrote stuff, like, in, into the 1900s. So I always think of him as being kind of this pretty old yeah. author. Well, it's, his stuff is not that old. so Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't remember when this one was published, but... Oh, I'm sorry, his, 1886
1: was, yes, was this one. His first... So, uh, it's book, just
0: surprising to me.
1: Yeah, my ber- book says that his first novel was published in 1872.
0: Yeah, so he was definitely, toward you know, towards the end of the 1800s yeah. and into yeah. the 1900s. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know. I kind of forgot that, too, while I was um, reading it maybe just because of, like, the, the setting and how he describes mm-hmm. things. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, I should probably finish the characters. So there's two more. Anyway, uh, yes. Uh, Lucetta, which. Yep. She's an interesting one. She, mm-hmm. uh, became, uh, I don't know, he felt.
0: Far, um, Farfray or Farf. Well, but
1: before that, Henchard had, like... Yes. Had, okay, so after he sold his wife to the highest bidder, this naval guy, she left, and he was immediately regretful and stopped drinking. And... Yes. Then you find out that, like, he had this girl after, like, 15 years of not ever seeing his wife, thinking, well, she's probably dead. I haven't heard from her. Um... Lucetta comes on the scene and is pretty much, like, expecting to marry him, and then he finds out that his wife isn't dead, and she comes and finds him, and there's more details to that, but, um, yeah, she, so she is pretty much engaged, engaged to Henshard and then all of a sudden whips around and is, like, in love with Farfrae? So it's like, oh, wow. That was a. Okay. Yeah.
0: That was a quick one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: she changed her tune real fast.
1: Yeah. Well. And he kind of did too. I don't really blame her, but. (laughs) But at the same time. He kind of did too, though. Yes. Yeah. Because he was
0: interested in. Well, we haven't gotten to the daughter yet, but he's interested
1: in the daughter. Yes. So Elizabeth Jane. That is the name of Susan's daughter who uh, supposedly Hensher, you know, is the father. So um, those are the five main characters. And it was interesting to me how the characters flowed together because, like, the ones that were married were never really in love with each other for the most part. And then the ones that weren't married were, like, really in love with each other. Like there yes. was a lot of uh, interesting concepts when it came to love. Yeah. So
0: well, with the exception of maybe um, Lucetta and Fairfraid, because they yeah. they at least yes. seemed like they were, yeah. Um, you know, like attracted to each other. I don't know about oh, yeah. love mm-hmm. necessarily because it was so fast. Like, how could you be in love with somebody?
1: Yeah. But so f-
0: they, but far they, freer, you know, were fan
1: free. You know. I don't know how to say his name. What's his first name? Do you remember? I think it's Donald. Let's call him Donald. We're gonna call him Donald. So Donald, Let's go with it. Um, he was interested in Elizabeth Jane, and they were kind of like starting to court or whatever. And then he like quickly like he met Lucetta or however you say her name.
0: Well, Henchard told him to knock it off. Like Henchard was like, "Well, yeah, he was. I don't like want you, off. I don't want you dating my daughter."
1: Yes. Because yeah.
0: by that time they were kind of estranged. Like uh-huh. they had been really good friends, but by that point
1: they were. Right. Like. And then basically enemies. Donald know. couldn't stand Henshard. So. Yeah. Yeah. So they just fell away from each other. So, okay. So there's this like strange triangle going on of like Lucetta, who. Who was kind of engaged to Henchard, but now she's engaged to Farfree or Donald and then Donald who kind of loved Elizabeth Jane like was pursuing her and then all of a sudden switched to Lucetta mm-hmm. <laughs> like all these yep. crazy crazy connections so it yep. it really kind of kept you on your toes like what is going on and why are people changing so much like yeah um so i thought that was interesting how he had the characters perceive love or pursue love too. Yeah. Um, But did you know that the original title included, so it was called The Mayor of Casterbridge, A Story of a Man of Character.
0: Yeah, and I thought, I was always thinking it was like, the, I, I thought that it said something about his death, too. Like, I thought it said the life and death. Oh, really? Or something. But maybe I made that up. I can't remember. But, yeah, there used to be a subtitle. And maybe it's even technically still there, but people just call it mm. Mayor Casterbridge. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Did your copy have it in the title? No. Like, on the front? No. Okay.
1: It was when I researched some of the stuff afterwards that I found that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I just thought that was funny because throughout the book, I thought that he was not a man of character. And
0: well, that made me question who was supposed to be the man of character.
1: Well, but you think it would be the mayor of Casterbridge, which is the title of the book. Right. I mean, that's pretty lead like makes it's definitely
0: leading in that direction. But maybe maybe he's getting you to question, like, is he a man of character or could he be speaking of, like, could he subtly be referring to
1: a different, a different man, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So because... Because I feel like
0: there were other men that lived up to that title better in this novel.
1: (laughs) I feel like he definitely was not a man of character. Like, okay, so he felt like in the beginning when he sold off Susan... Not a man of character, okay? We don't right. do that, right? And then, um, and doing
0: it because you were drunk,
1: uh, yeah, you know, yeah. And so then he knowing, stopped drinking, right? Which, he made a vow, yes, mm-hmm.
0: and it was a weird vow. Mm. Like he went, didn't he go somewhere, like to a church or something, and like made this vow to God that he wasn't gonna drink mm-hmm. for twenty years. And I'm like, why would you yes, even bother? Like, make it all or nothing.
1: Frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I just thought that was weird. Yeah,
1: very strange. Maybe he thought he'd be dead in 20 years or something. I don't know.
0: I think he was hoping that he would have a chance to be off the hook.
1: Mm.
0: Like he, it was almost to me, it felt almost like he was creating his own penance, and then once that was mm. done, he didn't have to feel bad anymore.
1: Yeah, but if you last that long, like, why would you go back to it? You know that you. That's made, what's like, weird to me. I feel mistake. like. Yeah,
0: I feel like he was trying to give himself a way to, like, get out of it in the end so that he could drink again if he wanted to. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. I thought that was so odd. Yes. Anyway, continue.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, the man of character thing. So, okay, obviously not a man of character there. Now, he did, you know, make a vow, which, awesome, good job. Um, and he it was a weird
0: one, but OK. <laughs> right.
1: And he moved to a different town. He became mayor. But then when you meet him next, he's like making all these excuses about why like he owns land. Right. He owns some fields and and his crops aren't doing well. And so prices yeah. are going up and um, and he's making excuses left and right about, well, it's so-and-so's fault or it's because of this. And it's like, okay, a man of character would, like, admit, yeah, guys, I failed in this way and let's do this to make it right. But, okay, so clearly not a man of character in that regard. Right. And it's like he goes back and forth. So then the next, like, major thing that happens, he finds out that Susan is alive and offers to marry her. And then says to Lucetta, who he has practically been almost engaged to, hey, I have to break it off because Susan is not dead. She's alive. So that is... Right. Yes. Now there's... Maybe that's, like, what Hardy is trying to say. Like, it's this back and forth tug between what is right and wrong. What should I do? What should I not do? And sometimes he fails at that. And sometimes he yeah. doesn't. Sometimes he did make good choices. So. Right. But it's like underneath he has no rudder.
0: Right. Like, he just, you know, he kind of does what he thinks is best, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really have a a way of knowing what is best.
1: Right. Right. I'll tell you, though, he's got a bad attitude through most of it. Uh, yeah. Before it's like, I think think I would really probably want to slap you if I saw you a person obviously yeah. you know mm-hmm. I wouldn't but well for you real? might <laughs> <laughs> there's no guarantees <laughs>
0: I, yeah I agree I feel like I do think he's called I do think Hardy is calling into question what does it mean to be a person of character? And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you decide? How do you define that? Is it just that? whatever's... I,
1: yeah.
0: Right. Whatever's, is it just whatever's right in your own eyes kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And it sort of reminds me of like, we just started in Sunday school talking about the judges, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. It sort of reminds me of that, like everybody just doing what's right in their own eyes yeah. and not really having any standard. So yeah. it's just, oh, I think this is the right thing to do, so I'm going to do it. hmm And sometimes i think he was actually trying to do the right thing but sometimes he just would chuck it all and be like no i'm just going to try to kill you mm-hmm. you know or like you know which is mm-hmm. obviously not going to be the right thing right. you know so
1: i mean that's clear to everybody buddy
0: i think we can all agree that that that's you know that would not be not a
1: wife's choice the right thing yeah
0: so yeah i mean and he's just he really is just a very like disagreeable character. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't you don't feel bad for him because he makes his own trouble.
1: Yes. See that's the thing, and I feel like he's always wanting to blame everybody else for the yes, mistakes everything that is, he makes. Yes, and really, it just everything comes is always down somebody else's fault. Him making poor decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really felt like, for me, like, I felt like Donald was the man of character.
1: Oh, yes. I fully agree. I love Donald. Donald. Yeah. Good old Donald.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Although the one time I didn't, wasn't super yes. sympathetic was when he, like, all of a sudden fell in love with yes. Lucetta.
1: I was totally Only because that too, Laura.
0: Yeah. I, just because, to me, I was like... You know... You kind of committed. You weren't... He Well, he wasn't, like, committed to Elizabeth Jane, and he, her dad had asked him to not see her. And in the rules of that society at that mm. time, you just... You wouldn't... You, then you wouldn't see he her. You would back off. You know?
1: But he never explained that to her, and all of a sudden, she just saw yeah. that they were falling in love. And poor Elizabeth Jane. I felt bad Yeah, and her.
0: she's the total background character in this whole story. Yeah. Like, if there's a person, like, she's probably got the most character of anybody in the entire mm-hmm. story. Yes. Yes.
1: But then, isn't it interesting that in the end, it came back to her and her decisions, and really, I feel like in the end, uh, Hensher found out that she was really the only one that he could truly love. And... Yeah. Um, and I thought that whole dynamic dynamic was a uh, intriguing too because yes. Um, for those of you that haven't read the book, this is going to be a spoiler. So if you don't want to know, then push stop. Um, but she isn't really his daughter, so um, he finds that out way before she ever knows. And right. he keeps it a secret. And then that's, isn't that when he starts, um, like, he kind of treats her like trash after yes. a while. And yep. then he flips back and starts realizing, like, sh- he loves her as a daughter, even though she's not his daughter. And I think it yep. took her real, like, him thinking kind that she could really, he could really lose her. Right. To realize it took, that. It kind of took her. her-
0: standing up for herself and saying, I can't, yes. I can't allow you to continue to treat me this way. I'm going to have to go be on my own now, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which I think would have been kind of scandalous at the time, yes. Yeah, like for her to, you know, like, I don't, I think it's hard for us to realize what that would be like mm-hmm. at that time, it, even though it wasn't that long ago for a woman to be like, I'm going to come out from under the protection of this mm-hmm. man who I've known as my father and just live on my own. Right would be really weird Mm -hmm. and kind of scandalous, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, Um,
1: Thomas Hardy, apparently his books were really scandalous to people back mm -hmm. then. Like some of them, like the Tess of the Durberville, we did an episode on that one and same author. And as I was doing research for this book, I found out that, I don't think I knew this before, even when we read it, but some people thought it was like pornographic almost and like refused to read it and um, told other people not to read it and stuff. But if you look at that, like, if you look back on that book, that would not be a word that would come to mind that would describe that book. So like there's a lot of concepts that he puts in his books that were very scandalous for the time. And now it's like, I, I think it's interesting, but obviously I don't think it's sinful or, you know, right wrong to read. Um, yeah.
0: In fact, there, I remember reading, I can't remember which novel it was, but one of his novels, um, he, I guess, like, some bishop or bigwig in the church, mm-hmm. like, literally burned his copy because wow. he was so offended by it because of, and it was, like, something about, like, its portrayal
1: of marriage or something mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. i mean
0: like it wasn't it was just like he was so offended by the way that he portrayed yeah marriage that in
1: fact he that's one of the things i wrote down like how he defines marriage in this book is interesting because he kind of plays with the idea of what a wife owes a husband and what a husband owes a wife um, yes and you know what do you owe your spouse and how do you treat your spouse and how should you treat your spouse right. um, and i thought it
0: was interesting and it started from the very beginning because obviously the very first chapter yes. or maybe the second or whatever where he he literally sells off his wife he mm-hmm, takes money in mm-hmm. exchange for his wife like yeah. she's a slave yeah and, and i thought it was interesting because he you know later on in the book he makes that out to be like that was all her fault because she believed it And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. What are you talking? Like, so it's her fault because she went with him? You sold her. Like, I didn't understand why. I mean, I agree. Like, if it was me, I'd be like, you can't just sell me. I'm married to you. Mm -hmm. But he portrays her as basically, like, not being that smart. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think everybody buys that. Everybody kind of thought that she was just a little bit simple-minded. And... Well, when I think she just
0: took things at face value. He, like, you sold me, so I guess I'm going. Right.
1: And, you it's know. Not like life is great with you, buddy, so.
0: Right. Like, I, I I, think she just, I I don't think she was necessarily stupid. She just mm-hmm. kind of was like, well, if that's what I mean to you. Right. You know? I, 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 I also think, okay, maybe she did actually believe that that was, like, somehow legally binding. I don't know.
1: Maybe, because that's but, kind of how he wrote it. To make it sound like not only did Henshert think that, but everybody else around him thought, well, she was kind of simple-minded. She didn't really understand. Here's a question.
0: I think, I do think he did kind of write her that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think he's making a statement about, Mm -hmm. you know, marriage, too, and saying, like, you know, which one really had the right view, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, she was right to go with the sailor because... Mm-hmm. I think he's, I think that's what he's trying to
1: right, say. Right, right. Not necessarily uh, you, know, you, but yeah. Not necessarily what her. I would say, but what he's right. trying
0: to say is that, you know, the one who is willing to take care of her is her husband. Mm-hmm. But, um, so here's a question for you. Yeah. Did, did you, what did you think about, do you remember when, um, Hen, no, I'm sorry, Fairfray, mm-hmm. Donald, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Jane are, kind of into each other at, yeah. the, at that stage of the book. Mm-hmm. And then um, they meet up somewhere because they've both been sent a note yes. telling them to meet up yes. from supposedly from the other or whatever. Yes. And they come come to find out, you know, like n- nobody shows for whatever yep. they were supposed mm-hmm. to show. Like it was like they were all supposed to meet this person and that person doesn't show. So they're mm-hmm. in the same place at the same time. And later on, and I think even then they talk about, I wonder if someone did this as a prank yes. or like what, you know, why cruel. why did this happen? Yeah. And then later on, um, Susan confesses to Elizabeth Jane. No, I wrote the notes Mm -hmm. to you and Fairfray to try to get you guys to meet up. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, why would you do that? And she's like, well, I have my reasons. Mm -hmm. So I was waiting for the rest of the book to hear some profound reason why she wanted them to. I mean, obviously she wanted them to be like she said she said you know, are you, do you want, I think she even said, I think Elizabeth Jane even said something along the lines of like, do you, are you trying to get us to be like, to be together? Like, do you want us to be together kind of thing? And she's like, yes, I do. And Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Jane's kind of like, but why, you Mm -hmm. know, like, why is that? And she just said something along the lines of, well, I have my reasons. Yeah. Well, and it might've even hinted, like, you'll find out later or something like that. And I, I was like waiting for the rest of the book to be like, what, what did that it? mean? Like why yeah. did she want why did she want her to be a fair freight? And was it just a statement of I have been with a man of character and I've been with a man that did not have character and I'm choosing a man of character for you because but I want that. The weird for you. thing
1: about that is after a certain amount of time, she wanted to leave her or she wasn't happy with her second husband. Um
0: I think she, it, it sounded to me the way he wrote it, the way that Hardy wrote it to me sounded like she finally started to understand that what she had done might not Mm. technically be right, Mm. might not have been, um, not only like not legally binding, but like not, not morally right for her to have gone with the sailor, the sailor. Okay. Um, And that was my, that was my takeaway of of her reasoning. That's what it sounded like to me.
1: I do think that she realized that Henchard was kind of evil in some ways. And, but then that makes me wonder, well, why did she go back to him in the first place and try to find him so that he would take care of her and then she take care of her daughter and then she realized she didn't want her daughter to be taken care of by him? I don't know. See, I kind of
0: took it as she, once she, you know, once her uh, sailor husband was dead, she felt like she was then, like, obligated Mm -hmm. to go back to the husband that she knew was still living. Oh, okay. Because, because she had felt like, oh, what I did, you know, like, at some point, it sounded to me like the first husband, um, she... Started having doubts about whether their marriage was or could be
1: legal. Yeah, but then she started treating him differently, and like she didn't. And see, I don't even remember that part. Okay. Well, she didn't. Yeah, like because remember. Okay, so another spoiler: the second husband didn't die at sea. Like he comes back in the book later on, and he explains to Henshaw they have a conversation where he says that she started treating me differently. After, like, 15 years or something, someone came to visit her and told her, oh, I can't, I can't remember the details of that story, but I just remember him saying she started treating me differently after that. And, and my
0: feeling was that she started to realize, like, oh, first of all, Hentard's you know, Henchard is still alive, and I mm. should probably not have left him. Mm. So I think she starts to feel bad about that, and consequently, how would you not behave differently toward your husband yeah, that yeah. you're living
1: with? You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: That was, that was my understanding okay. of it, that she sort of started feeling really bad
1: okay. and guilty yeah.
0: about being with this sailor instead of...
1: Yeah. And that makes sense. You know. Why, that makes sense why she would go back to Henshirt and try and find him once she thought her husband was dead.
0: That's kind of what it
1: sounded like yeah. to me. Yeah. Okay. So... Okay. That does make more yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, so the whole, when Susan wrote those letters to Donald and Elizabeth Jane to try and get them yes. together. Yeah. I do think it probably had to do with her seeing the character of Henshirt, seeing how in some ways he still hadn't changed from when yeah. she knew him. And so I think... She, and I do think that Donald, like you said, was such a man of character. Yep. I don't think Susan was s- stupid at all. I think she realized that Donald could take much better care of her daughter than Henshard ever could. Well, I think that's
0: another dichot... Or another juxtaposition he's put in front of your face. That there's... The, here's this quote-unquote simple woman who's supposedly not too brilliant. And uh-huh. she, she sees clearly who is... Yes. You know, who everybody is underneath.
1: Yes. She can see so, the character of people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So I I think another interesting part about this book is when you realize that Elizabeth Jane is not the daughter of Hentschard. um Yeah. Like, that's another plot twist. Yep. Um that I thoroughly enjoyed (laughs) yes Um, it's a good one because it just puts another spin on like the dynamic the relationships and how do you treat a child that is not your own and can you love a child that is not your own like it is your child and does that that knowing make a difference Um, yeah so that was interesting to me too
0: and the fact that it did make a difference for him yes. was,
1: but then just... in the end it didn't, right? In the end,
0: so he... I do feel like there there is growth there on his part,
1: mm-hmm. definitely. Do you think that maybe the whole character thing is because of how he was in the end, what he became?
0: Maybe, although there towards the end there was a few. Times where Henchard behaved in ways that didn't make a lot of sense to me, based on mm. the character that he that Hardy had already created him to okay, be. Okay, such as there was a few times where I felt like, um, well, let me think. Um, I can't remember specific events, but there was a few times where he behaved, uh, more kindly to people, yes. or like he was kinder to Donald, uh-huh. like when. You know, a couple chapters back he was literally trying to kill him. Like right. laying laying right. an ambush yeah. for him. Yeah. And then a few chapters later he's behaving kindly or uh-huh. that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, where did that come from? Like it mm. didn't he didn't he didn't really build up to it The switch. Kind of, like there was yeah. a few of those things where I was like, What? Mm-hmm. That's that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like I can where see did that, that come from?
1: Yeah. Mm hmm Okay, I do have to ask you because I heard after I read the whole book that there are apparently are two different endings. Have you did you Really? Yes. I did not know that. So because um apparently the first one was uh put in like a magazine and it was give like put out in installments, you know. And okay. then there I was, didn't know this
0: was one of his serials. I didn't think this was one of his of his serials. That's interesting.
1: Okay. If it, if what I looked up was correct, like I am looking it up right now because okay, I'm totally curious. It. Do it, girl. So anyway, um I do know that there were two different versions and the I mean it's not like a huge difference between the versions, but apparently the main difference is the reasons why Hensher gives for leaving Casterbridge. So, okay. Whether or not he returns to see Elizabeth Jane on her wedding day, like that's a little bit different in both of the different endings. So, in my version, what happened was he he left Casterbridge. Um, after like sh- she found out and like confronted him about the fact that her father had come to see her and he had said that she was dead. Um her real father, yeah, the sailor, so uh, she like yelled at him, and he left Casterbridge, and then he comes back for her wedding, brings like a bird, a caged bird or something, and leaves it, yes. somewhere, and then um like sees her, oh, maybe that's when she confronts him, and he leaves without. Remembering to tell her about the bird, the bird ends up dying because nobody knows he brought a bird as her present, and yes. then she feels really remorseful, and she goes with Donald to find him, and he had already passed away, so she wasn't able to like reconcile with him, um, and that's how my book was. Was that the ending to your story too?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So apparently, there's a different version out there um and I don't know like how how the other version ends I think it has to do with her when she found out about her father and whether or not she confronts him like maybe she didn't confront him at the same time or in the same way at the end of the other book the other version.
0: Okay. Did you find
1: anything on
0: it? No, I'm not seeing it. I'm gonna have to do some more research on that. I mm-hmm. had no idea there was supposed to be, yeah, a different ending.
1: I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what I found. But now I'm like, I hope I'm saying the right thing. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure.
0: Okay, I know um, he for sure wrote. at least a few of his novels were serialized, like, in magazines. So it was, Mm -hmm. like, you know, episodic, you know, piece by piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe this was one of those. Could be. Mm -hmm. It's kind of earlier, well, not super early, but early-ish in his writing career. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case, because that was probably an easier way to make a living when you're not quite as well-known as an author. So...
1: You know, yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Okay, I did find something that said um, in the shorter, like, s- version, um, it says they use the first English book version. This is the shorter of the two endings. In this version, henchard leaves Cambridge because he feels irre- irrelevant now that his stepdaughter Elizabeth Jane is going to be married to his longtime rival, Donald Farfrey. He wanders around the general vicinity of Casterbridge for a while, eventually dying before Elizabeth Jane and her new husband can find him. So it just doesn't have the part where she confronts him because she finds out that her father came looking for her. And it also doesn't have the part about the caged bird and that he comes, you know, back to the wedding. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I actually, you know, actually, I I just found something it, um, that okay. talks about it was it was first published as a weekly serialization from January 1886. OK, so beginning in January, hmm. um, the novel is considered to be one of Hardy's masterpieces, although it has been criticized for incorporating too many incidents, hmm. a consequence of the author trying to include something in every weekly published installment. Hmm. So he was trying to make something interesting for each week, which when you put it together as a novel, means there's maybe more incidents Okay. than there should be. I yeah. don't, I mean, I didn't feel like there was too many incidents, but.
1: Maybe that's why I anyway. felt like it kept moving.
0: Yeah. I think it probably uh,
1: is a big part of
0: why you felt like it wasn't, mm-hmm. didn't get boring, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. A, that is, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Huh. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very cool. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on when it came to this book?
0: Not really. I think we've hit it.
1: Yeah. Hit hit it all pretty much. So I do too. So I feel like it might be time for ratings. Okay. Do you want to um, review really quickly our rating scale?
0: Sure. So we do a rating scale based on cups of coffee. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we use our favorites as the top ratings. Yes. So it's a 1 to 5 scale. One is Folgers. Mm-hmm. Two is Duncan coffee. Mm-hmm. Three is 8 o'clock coffee. Four is javalia, And five is Pete's. Mm-hmm. So 1 to 5.
1: Yes. So on a scale so, of Folgers to Pete's, what would you rate this book?
0: Uh, this was a tough one because I actually, unlike you, felt like it did drag a little bit in a few places. Really? Okay.
1: So I In the really details was of some of that?
0: Maybe. I was, I was very intrigued at the beginning mm-hmm. because I was like, oh my word, he really pulls you in right away. Bang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I, I did get a little bit like where I just wasn't totally being drawn into it as much. Okay. Um, but then it picked up again and I, I mm-hmm. was able to finish without any trouble. It wasn't like I was like dreading reading it or anything. Mm-hmm. It just kind of slowed a little bit for me. Um, but anyway, so only because of that mm-hmm. and because overall I didn't feel like it was like the most like engaging, like, Oh, I, I love these characters and I'm so right, right. involved with what's going to happen to them. Yeah. Um, I was intrigued by them almost as, like, archetypes or as, like, like we were talking about, you know, what they represent uh-huh. as far as, um, you know, marriage or these different relationships or what it means to be a person of character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was intrigued on those levels, but yeah. the actual characters themselves, I wasn't necessarily like, oh, I need to know what happens to Elizabeth Jane or, right. you know. Right, right. Um, so for me, it kind of landed a little bit in the middle, okay. so I'm going to have to give it an 8 o'clock. okay. So I mean, yeah. you know, not not bad. It's, yeah. It wasn't bad. I I overall I enjoyed it. It just wasn't like it mm-hmm. didn't like blow me away. Where oh, I have to know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what, <laughs> what's right. going to happen next? Right. So,
1: yeah. Well, how about you? I personally, so you know, I've been trying to read more classics this year, and yes. I have not read a ton that I have loved. Um, and I feel like okay. this one is drastically different than some of them that I have like just pushed my way through um just to challenge myself and so for me and maybe this wouldn't be the case if I read it at a different time in life or at a different um you know when I'm reading other books that aren't of the same variety but I definitely would give it a piece because nice it was so engaging i as a classic, I would give it a piece. And nice. I right. also have found that I think I like how Thomas Hardy writes. Like, uh, the the other book that he wrote, Tess of the um, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed that book. So, I don't know how nice. it, like, how he writes, why I enjoy that, but I have found that I do enjoy his writing. So... I might look up, like, some of his other books because I'm just curious now, like, if if I would enjoy most of his books or if it's just... You might. You know? Maybe you just like the style. Yeah, I kind of... Yeah. I kind of think I do. Um, But I... You
0: should read... Jude the Obscure and let me know what you think, because I believe that was the way, as I'm thinking back, I think that was the one that the bishop or whatever. Okay. Um, And that might also be be the one that
1: they described as um, pornographic.
0: I think it probably was that one. Okay. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I might have to try that one and see. Um, Yeah. I just feel like A lot of classics can drag so much with details. And this one, I think, for the most part, does not. Um, Yeah. It is true that you don't... A lot of the characters, you don't really get a sense of who they are. It doesn't dig deep into, like, character development, really. Yeah. But it's intriguing enough for me to want to keep reading. And I liked the story. I yeah. liked that there was something in almost every chapter that made you, yeah. like, that was a plot twist, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I would give it a piece.
0: Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were able to read a classic that you enjoyed. Yeah. It sounds like some of them, not yes. so much.
1: <laughs> I will say, Um, what was it? Oh, the Count of Monte Cristo. That's, that's not, a toughie. That's not on our list, that's a toughie. right? For this year. No, it's not.
0: <laughs> Woo girl, that was rough. That's a bit of a slog. Oh, I never made it. I never my made it.
1: Goodness. I just yeah. like like oh, I don't know. Probably like two hundred pages in, I I got into it. And then after that, it was just a it was a marathon. Like, and I just felt like, I'm going to finish this book, god darn darn it. (laughs) Like, I am going to finish this. And so I just made myself do it. But it was rough. It was rough. That's
0: how, I mean, I I have, yeah, had had that experience. In fact, I had that experience recently with um, a Ray Bradbury book, of all things, where it's, like, everybody knows it, everybody's Mm. heard of it kind of thing. Mm. And I, I just, it was... um. Something wicked this way comes, and I, I, I couldn't do it, and it wasn't even that long of a book. Huh? I mean, I just could not take one more, yeah, sentence of that book. So and then it's like, do
1: you force yourself to do it? And usually, I usually
0: I do, but I didn't. See, that's interesting. I was like, I usually,
1: I do not make myself read it if I cannot get into it. But I feel like with classics, I want that repertoire like I want that yeah. experience of reading classics because I have never really done it so well
0: and I think with a regular you know modern book or whatever you sort of feel more justified just jettisoning because yes. you know that yes. there's so much out there that just is fluff like mm-hmm. they publish it because they know they can sell it to somebody exactly and but with a classic I always feel like well there's gotta be a reason yes. like why is, why, is that, why do people like this yeah. you know even if it's not enjoyable there must be something about it yeah. you know mm-hmm. but yeah so you sort of get that at least I do yeah I feel like I should just I should just get through it because there's got to be mm-hmm. you know something I'm missing right and yeah yeah well, yeah. good on you for finishing, but I got to tell you, I'm, tru- I'm truly trying to learn to just let it go. Yeah. Because I I, I can't be bothered to keep reading time. things that
1: yeah. just. I
0: know. get
1: it. I hear you. <laughs> it is this year of challenging myself with classics. Nice. That I've chosen to do that. I will that not works. do that like every year.
0: <laughs> no, I can understand. This
1: is my year of. Of pushing myself in that way, and yeah. I will not do it again, I can tell you that. So, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Yes. <laughs> so, for next time, um, yes. do you want to tell what our book, our choices, our classics? Yes.
0: <laughs> so, next month we are going to be doing Animal Farm mm-hmm. by George Orwell,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, kind of a uh, good time to do that because we both have a bit, you know, some stuff coming up on our schedule yes. um, where we kind of need a little bit of a shorter read. Yeah. Um, so we would love it if you would read alongside of us Animal Farm for next month. Yes. And then join us back here next month on Grounds for Discussion where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend.